Welcome back to Travolta. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Speed Kills. Enjoy the episode. winners or 50 losers one winner fly like a bone i forget the rest of the, it's whatever lightning mcqueen fucking says at the beginning of hey jeff have you ever drank, i i don't have enough energy have you for, ever drank salt water to feel alive <laughs> so i have not you have it but do you know who supposedly did supposedly yes we don't have this locked down for sure ladies and gentlemen by the way welcome to our episode on speaking kills well, yeah, our episode Speed Kills, the it, uh, 2018 gonna, motion picture. Listen, I'm going to need some speed in a second <laughs> because I am dying here <laughs> because of the lack of speed. Speed could surely make me alive right now. Speed is not the enemy that is killing me. Speed is the lack thereof that I have. I need speed. Yeah. I'm really tired, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he's very tired, and we've been talking about Gotti for like eight hours. We're recording this at the same time we're doing the Gotti episode, for those curious. Yes. But what Stuart is referring to is, in the IMDb trivia for this, there is a quote, In an interview with GQ, John Travolta reportedly drank the seawater for the, claiming it made him feel alive. Now, I cannot find a GQ article, a GQ interview with John Travolta. I cannot find any evidence to this. It is probably not true. But... But. We here on the Travolting Podcast are choosing today to print the legend and say John Travolta, in fact, drank seawater for this motion picture. Yeah, I looked up uh, Speed Kills GQ interview on YouTube. Nothing. I just cop copied all that and go to Google. Mm. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not true. But boy, oh boy, would it be a hoot and holler if it was. That would be incredible. Stuart, do we want to dive into the context corner for this movie? Is there context to this? So the context corner for this movie is like a dusty, dimly lit corner in that there's really not much. All I can, the only like behind the scenes for this movie I can find anywhere online is I can find a single interview with Kellen Lutz, who plays the bad guy of this movie. Yeah. I can find a single interview with him where he says inspiring quotes such as, it was fun to be in this film because I hardly ever play an antagonist great that that is the he is interviewed is the only thing i find about this movie behind the scenes hey jeff yes uh my boss wants a boat your boss wants a boat and i told my boss i'd get him a boat i love my boss <laughs> my boss took me out from the gutter my boss gave me a job i'll do anything for my boss my boss needs a boat <laughs> i'll get him a boat tell him to come by we'll pick one up i'll tell my boss exactly what you just said yeah my boss my boss that I'm talking about, the boss. <laughs> Folks, if you're confused, I basically just uh, summarized, iron, the summarized the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yes, there's a lot of talk of the boss. There's a lot of talk of the boss. But no, the, the context corner for this movie is that this is based on a nonfiction book also entitled Speed Kills. Oh, so there is no Ben Aronoff. Yes, it is based on a guy named Donald Arano, who in this movie 
is named, they changed the name to Ben Aronoff. But it is loosely based on a true story. Well, he's not Aaron on. <laughs> he's Aaron off. He's Aaron off. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is, this is based on a uh, nonfiction book also entitled speed kills about, you know, a hustler turned boat racer turned what's, boat production man. Sorry. One second. He's not water off. He's, he's Aaron, Aaron off. off. Yes. He's not fired off. He's Aaron off. Oh my Lord. All right. Keep going. Sorry. I, I'm probably going to do this the entire episode. Yes. Um, about, you know, uh, hustler turned boat racer turned boat manufacturer turned mob associate turned dead body. Um, Donald Arano fictionalized as Ben Aronoff. Now the real juice of this movie is in the producers and the director of this movie. Cause if you All look did cocaine, no, because if you look at, as I am holding, I'm holding a Blu-ray copy of this movie for the folks listening at home. If you look at this or you go to IMDb or Wikipedia or whatever, and you look at director, it says Jody Scurfield directed this movie. Now, Stuart, I ask you to find any evidence of Jody Scurfield existing. Um, well, he, he or she or they only have one credit in IMDb, and that is Speed Kills. It is Speed Kills. They no. do not have a Wikipedia page. If you Google the name Jody Scurfield, you do not find any single evidence of anyone in the film industry. Jody Schofield. Uh, are you are you seeing the problem here? Wait a minute. This person does not exist. Uh, Jeff. Yeah. Hold on. Breaking news. I I know what you're about to say, and that's what I'm getting to. If it's about um different thing. No, that it's very much that. It's the same thing. Yes. So Jody Scurfield does not exist. However. If you look back in time and you look through the old posters for this movie, you can find posters from about from months to a year before this movie came out that credit John Lucenhop as the director of this movie. He is the credit he is still the credited screenwriter of this motion picture as well as a credited producer. Um but he is not listed as a director on this movie. And it is only to our assumption that he did not like the direction the film was going in post abandoned it and had his name changed to Jody Scurfield because Jody Scurfield does not exist John Lucenop was on the early posters and he definitely does exist now the only other things he's done is he directed the Texas Chainsaw movie in 2013 and uh, a movie called Takers in 2010 not Take In Takers so already from the already from the start Movie starting a little strange. Yes. Uh, direct, seemingly Alan Smithy did. Um, abandoned the motion picture and it got dumped on uh, direct-to-video and Redbox and whatnot. And even then for direct-to-video Redbox, yeah. this is a crapshoot. Yes. And this movie... How many producers does this movie have? This movie has the most producers I've ever seen on a movie. Yeah. I'm looking at the back of the Blu-ray of this and the billing block, that's usually like three to four lines at the bottom... And this is ten, nine lines. Nine lines. One, two, three, four, five of those are producers. <laughs> yeah, on IMDb, there's 39 credited producers. Yes, there's roughly 39. 39. There are 39 on the back of this box. This movie clearly had some monetary problems. It may, in fact, be a money laundering scheme. I think it is. 
I would not be shocked if this is from the abandoned director to the fact that it is about money laundering uh, to the 39 producers. I would not be surprised if this was used to uh, launder some serious mob cash. <laughs> Do you know this is the same DP of I Am Wrath? It is, yeah. And yeah, interesting. Yeah, he's where he's doing some uh, some Travolta business at this time. It's also the DP of Pulp Fiction. What? Yes. Shut the front door. And American Psycho. Yeah, I forgot to bring that up when we were talking about I Am Wrath, but the the uh, the DP of this movie, Andre Sekula, uh, also shot Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. He was uh, Tarantino's guy at the beginning. What happened? What happened to him? He's just uh, it's rough. Washed up. He's also the director of Cube Two Hypercube. Uh, okay. Which is important to note. There is no trivia about this guy. Oh yeah, next to nothing. I just want to know, like, do they have a falling out? He and Tarantino? Yeah. I mean, Tarantino basically moved on to more expensive. He got more budget and he moved on to more expensive DPs and more expensive camera stocks and yeah. sadly left this guy behind. Who And then he found himself doing speed kills 20 years later. Tragic. You think he still, like, stays up late at night drinking and be like, I used to be fucking Tarantino's yeah. DP. I used to do Tarantino's. Whoa, I, look at I'm fucking could, doing. He's like, I could have been somebody. Also, the AD credit list for speed kills has only four credits one of which is, is listed as set pa because <laughs> there's a first ad james courier a second ad colleen comer and a second second jesus romero now what the end credits of this movie do have more people listed um i just think a lot of people did not want this on their on their credits. no list. of course not of course not um you know that that's that's literally all the context travolta's in this movie he's coming off of Gotti. It's back-to-back 0% on Rotten Tomatoes for him. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's fully in Redbox direct-to-video land right now, and there's really nothing else to say about it. <laughs> what are you reading? Just looking at more, like, uh, pr- production assistance on it. Mm-hmm. I guess there is a Victor Segui, who is the key set PA. I want to talk to Victor. That you want to know what, what happened? I want to know what happened. <laughs> I want to know how long the first AD was in John Travolta's trailer snorting cocaine. I think this movie was probably shot in like a day. They probably shot this whole thing at once. Can we find that info? We cannot because there's I, nothing on I honestly don't want to really talk about the plot. I just want to talk about how they made this movie. <laughs> because I guess uh, filming locations, Miami, Florida, and Puerto Rico. Budget of $15 million. Jeff. Sounds like a money laundering scheme. That's five million more than Gotti. And this looks half as expensive as Gotti. Yes. Maybe it's just because Gotti had color grading, even if it was questionable color grading. Yeah. Um, I want to know how it was shot and filmed. <laughs> Do you want to dive into the plot and then discuss the various crazy weight scenes? Yes. As we go through? I think we're going to go through this fairly quickly. Okay. Because not... I mean, a lot happens in this movie. Really? But can you comprehend any of it? No. <laughs> because this movie starts off with John Travolta, like, in his... Modern boat, day. Boat well, store. not modern day. Modern day is 1980... It's, like, early 90s, I think. Early 90s? L- early 90s, late 80s. And Travolta's looking like his normal age. Yes, yeah, so this is this is quite a moment. He's, like, 64. 1987. That's when Ben Aronoff was... Or Donald Aronoff was killed. So, this is, like... Regular age Travolta, yes. sixty four at this 60 point. Sixty something, yes. Sixty four, yes. 
64. Yes, he's 64. Jeff? Which is important. He's 64 years old. Yes. And we're going to talk about that later. This <laughs> yes. And so he's in his boat store. And who walks in but Tom Sizemore? Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Tom Who does Size- not appear for the rest of this movie? Until- minus the ending. Minus the ending. Um, Tom Sizemore, who at this point in time, as far as I believe, is also kind of trapped in direct-to-video world. Can we do a um, a live reading of the first scene of this movie, Jeff? You be <laughs> yes. Travolta, I'll be Okay, I, I looked up Tom Sizemore. He is deep in direct-to-video world at this point. For the movies he was in in 2018, this is the only one that has a Wikipedia page. The rest are movies like The Second Coming of Christ, The Lich, Unkillable, The Martyr Maker, Black Wake, Dead Ringer, Prepper's Grove, Nazi Overlord, Exit 14, The Debt, and Old Bryce. Prepper's Grove? Prepper's Grove. I know somebody who worked on Prepper's Grove. Prepper's Grove, the motion picture? Can we talk about Prepper's Grove for a second? The 2018 motion picture? Yes. I know somebody who worked on Prepper's Grove. It does not exist. I I want to note this right now. This movie does not exist. Who could you possibly know in this? Who worked on this movie? Um. Okay, different yeah. preppers grow. Different. Pre- <laughs> 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 I was like, "There's no way you know someone who worked on the Tom Sizemore preppers grow." But no, he's pretty much doing like 15 movies a year. None of them exist. 15. This is coming right off of him doing Twin Peaks, which kind of got him some praise. Not like an insane amount, but he got a little bit of it. Um, but you know, Tom Sizemore he appears at the beginning of this movie, and uh, we're doing a live reading of this. If this scene is this correct, so, so let's set the stage. It's the boat shop. Yes, boat store. Yes, and John Travolta is in his office. Yes, a little distinguished, got some gray, yeah. whiteish hair, very tan, but yeah. ugly tan. Okay. Sidebar. We got to talk about the bronzer budget on this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> the bronzer. If this movie is $15 million, $5 million of that went to the bronzer. Yes. Everybody in this movie. Fucking bronzed Looking up. tan. Pasty tan. Everyone in this movie is looking like they, a statue. They are a paintbrush. <laughs> yes. It looks like someone just, like, brushed up on them with bronzer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's amazing. And, like, you can see the lines in some parts. Yes, the pro- There's a part where he has, like, flip-flops on, and he's, like, pasty white feet because they didn't bronze it up. Lazy. That's, it's so funny. Okay. So, but yes, the bronzer budget. There's these two women who work inside the boat shop, and Tom Sizemore walks in. Yes. And Tom is like, I need to speak to your boss. Uh, I was sent by my boss. He wants to buy like, a boat. The guy's like, he's not here. And then he's like, well, I need to talk to him. And then Travolta comes out. It's like, there's going to be a problem, but I'll talk to him. And then you're Travolta. Yeah. I'm like, hey, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with me? My boss sent me to buy a boat. And I intend to buy my boss a boat. We'll tell your boss to come back another day and we'll pick one out for him. You want me to tell my boss to come back later? Listen, my boss took me out of the gutter. He, my boss gave me a job. I appreciate my boss. I love my boss. I'd suck my boss's dick. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it said. We said it verbatim. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what is said in the movie. Uh, okay. Tom Sizemore does, talks a lot about his boss. Very much. Yes. But it's, it's supposed to be threatening. He's like, well, yes. I tell your boss I'm out. Yes. 
It's like, I'll tell him exactly what you said. Yeah, tell, him exa- tell my boss exactly what you said. So then Toss Osmore leaves. Yes. He gets in the car with... Some guy. Some guy. Big porter. A big guy. Big porter stromboli guy. Yes. Big mafioso hitman. Big mafioso hitman. Who pulls up to John Travolta getting in yeah, his car. John Travolta gets a briefcase full of money, and he runs out and gets his car, and he drives off. A car comes driving toward him in this parking lot and like waves his hand out, indicating for him to stop. Yeah. Travolta knows the hit is out on him, and he stops the car next to this guy. Guy like, pulls out his gun. And shoots him. Bang, bang, bang. Cuts a black. Oh, no. We cut to black right before the gun fires. Yeah. And then we just, like, we freeze frame, and we get uh, John Travolta saying, my name is Ben Aronoff. I'm a contractor, father, and out of business. Travolta opening monologue. Ding! Yes. And we cut back. Oh, important note, important note. Uh, Tom Sizemore in this movie. Uh, Tom Sizemore and John Travolta have both played the role of John Gotti in the past. <sighs> Tom Sizemore played John Gotti in the motion picture Witness the Mob, and Travolta, of course, played him in our epic uh, Gotti episode last week. That you folks have hopefully listened to in full at this point. I don't know what you're talking about, Jeff. We never released an episode last week called Gotti. Uh, my sweet summer child. It literally went from three to tango to this episode. Three to tango to this. Where there was no Gotti episode. What are you Gotti. talking about? Oh, there's also a sound There's also a sound cue I want to note during this. Okay. It's trying to be all dramatic when Sizemore leaves. Mm. Um, and there's a part where he like he has a cigarette, and the music's like... And Sizemore drops cigarette, and then he steps on with his foot to stub it out. And right as his foot hits the pavement of the cigarette chair, like the sound does like a drum beat right there. It's so funny. Yeah. Hilarious. So we flash back and it says 25 years earlier. We open up on John John Travolta looking exactly (laughs) the same. same. Not, Not even like they didn't even gray him up in the previous scene. He looks exactly the same. Yes. There's no change in makeup. Exactly. No hairstyle change. The wig is the same. Right. We gotta acknowledge, it's a wig. Are we going to tie around a wig? Do you want to bring up the wig? Do you want to talk about this? All right. Cue the hair ranking music yes. now. shit this fucking wig because like it 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 changes throughout the film but i think the predominant wig that we see worn in this movie it's like a perm it is a perm yeah it's a perm and it doesn't look great okay i got i got a good one look look jeff (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this does not look great on Travolta and it does not look great on him trying to make him look like a 20 year old or how old is he supposed to be in the sixties? Mm-hmm. Cause he's how old in the eighties when he dies? Yes. How long was Don Aaron on <laughs> versus Ben Aaron off when he was killed? Don Aaron on Don Aaron Don Aaron was 59 when he was killed and it, it's 25 years earlier. 25 years old, so he would have been 54, 34. So this is 34-year-old yeah. Travolta? Travolta is looking... R- Mad 50. Roughly 50. Mad 50. Yes. This hair does not do him any favors on that. <laughs> Look at the hair on the knuckles. <laughs> That's dad hair knuckles. That's knuckle dad hair. For folks who know who I'm talking about, knuckle dad hair, Twitter, hashtag it, knuckle dad hair. 
Um, oh my god! Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> he looks straight like a local uh, TV ad salesman. He does. He does. He does. Oh my god! Okay, it's gonna go very low. <laughs> it's gonna go. So, right, where are we putting this? It's gonna go so low. Um. Okay. Oh, shit. Wait. What? What? What happened? I don't know what did happen. Oh no! There it is. There it is. I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, Jeff, stop! I'm oh, using your mouse thing, bro. Okay. Um, put it below. Put it below savages above. I am wrath. Below savages above. Not quite I am as wrath. I am wrath bad, but it's pretty bad. I mean. Sav, I mean, yeah, I mean, I am Wrath is just John Wig. So, let's see. This is uh, with inconsistent colors and a terrible hairline. This one at least hides the hairline okay. Yeah, it's like kind of floofy, so it, it's a little more. Uh, it's not like a straight line like yeah. I am Wrath. Okay. Okay. So he looks exactly the same. Exactly the fucking same. And he's talking about you know he's like what business was he in before? I forget. Real estate? He's like, oh, he's in real estate. And he talks about how he like built half of Miami or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, but he's going out of business for reasons. Five boroughs in Miami. Yeah, five boroughs in Miami. Yeah. It's at this point when this movie starts going full Scorsese. Yes. Or attempt to be Scorsese. Because he's like narrating everything. And every time we're introduced to a new character, it freeze frames on him. You know what it is? What? It's trying to be Wolf of yeah, Wall Street. Yeah, it's trying to do Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. This is full blown a Wolf of Wall Street knockoff, and that's what makes it very funny. Um, it's also at this point where I'm like, Miami is the least appealing looking city in the world. <laughs> like, the, there's no part of this movie where I'm like, yeah, I want to go to Miami. I just feel like, yeah, great. Well, when you go to Miami, it's just the beach. It's the beach and a club. Yes. It's like all shitty, ugly white condos that Ben Aronoff supposedly built. Right. So watching this, at no point was I like, I want to go there. I'm like, keep you away. So eventually he hops on a boat. Yes, he he goes joyriding with a friend on a speed. Shelly is that his name? Shelly. I don't know. Played by Michael Weston. Blonde man. Yeah, he's known as Blonde Man. Yeah, so he goes boat riding with. Oh no, this is his like partner, his boat racing partner. Blonde man. Yeah, whose name we never learn is never man. important to the movie. <laughs> it's blonde. The Jeff. Yes, look Blonde at me, Man. Look at me. It's Blonde Man. It's Blonde Man. <laughs> okay, he goes riding with Blonde Man. <laughs> uh, uh, and he likes it. Yes. Like, and so my man rides a boat once in his life and decides, I'm getting out of real estate. I'm going in the boat business. And not just the boat business, but he's going to build and sell high-speed racing boats. Yes, while also race them himself to drive up sales. And so he does that. Yes. He starts winning some. He starts winning races. When does Michael Weston come in? Uh, Michael, he just kind of appears. At... He is John Travolta's lawyer. Yeah, lawyer. Slash stepfather. Yes. When I say stepfather, I don't mean John Travolta's stepfather. I mean he's basically like raising John Travolta's family. Yes. Because John Travolta has a wife and kids. Yes. Um, or a wife, at least. Does she even have a name in this no, movie? No, she, she does have... Well, she They do have kids. Uh, because one of them gets in a mysterious car accident and paralyzed. Yes. This is the second movie in a row where one of John Travolta's kids gets hit by a car. Yes. Between this and Gotti. Um, oh, but no, he he becomes a racer in his boat entitled the Cigarette. 
He gave us both the cigarette. At least it wasn't called the Royale. Which I'm like, the cigarette seems like a poor name for a boat. But imagine if it was called the Royale. The Royale with cheese. It would have been terrible. It would have been. We get a very low rent race winning montage. Yes. Where it's like just still images of Travolta smiling with like the words going across the screen that say Nassau, Poland, all these like things that he's raced and won. Yeah. And we get montages like building the cigarette boat. There's a scene where he like wins a race and he's celebrating and there's like this 20 borderline 18 to early 20 year old lady looking at him. And then they have sex. Yes. Jeff, I proceed. When I was watching this, I then texted you this. What was yeah. my, te- what were my texts? Stuart, your, your text, your text me or movie were a treasure unto themselves. <laughs> but what did I text you during this illicit sex scene between John Travolta and this? You no- said, Oh God, he's having sex with, I swear, a 20 year old and Johnny T is 64. <laughs> 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 yes. He has an affair. Boobs are shown. Yes. Does she have any lines? No. Which means she's probably just background. Yes. She is, tr- she is an object in this movie for John Travolta's affections. Which means she wasn't even sick. Yeah. She got paid $162 for eight hours. Don't ask me why I know that. Yeah. And to literally be on screen, picked out by John- the director. Yes. Be like, you're going to be the lady John Travolta has sex with in bed. Yes. Congratulations. And that's that. And that's that. You think she and- walked home that night after getting in a van to crew parking? She's like, boy. I really, I really worked for that paycheck. Today. Yeah, it's making John Travolta stand there looking like a ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks ghoulish because <laughs> he takes his shirt off. Yeah. But he's not thirty-four. <laughs> John Travolta looking a little ghoulish in this movie. Let me just say, he's pasted on with the bronzer, <laughs> and he's so old. He's got. He does not pull off below fifty. It does not pull up below 40, which is what he's trying to do. No, and she um, is definitely like yeah. a 19-year-old. And so he's having sex with this 20-year-old in his yacht in some other country. And Shelly shows up and is like, you're abandoning your family. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, you're abandoning them. And then he goes home and his son gets hit by a car. And he's like, what do we have to If your son's got to get hit by a car. Why am I speaking at a Brooklyn yeah. accent? But why, do, why is it your son has to get hit by a car in order to be recognized? What do we have to do? Yeah. And then here's what's funny, Jeff. Because yeah. does that scene sound like it ended up with them getting a divorce? No. But then what they was do. in the next scene? They get a divorce. He sits down next to him. He's like, so it's over between me and Marilyn. I don't yeah. know if her name's Marilyn. <laughs> he and his wife break up. Um, but he reconciles with his son who got hit by a car. Very easily. Very easily. He's like, let's go to a, a horse racing game. And his son's like, no. And he's like, come on, let's do it. And the son's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they're like, cool after that. And the son's now confined to a wheelchair for life, but they're fine. <laughs> but they're fine. Yeah. Travolta so, goes back to racing. Yeah, he goes back to racing. The only thing he was ever any good at. Yeah. Um, Where's the mob come in with this? So the mob shows up to call in a favor. He apparently owes a debt to a guy named Meyer Lansky. Is this the guy that plays um, um, Dexter's dead dad in the Dexter show the actor's James Remar um I'm trying to find he, interesting career. he is in Dexter he is in Dexter interesting career James Remar because James Remar plays the the ghost dad in Dexter he's also he he pops up in a lot of stuff as like US general yes like a lot of like small bit parts he's a working actor which like you gotta respect yes his, of course um you know he he does like 
It looks like his most recent lead role was in the TV show Black Lightning, which I think was a DC superhero. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as Ugly Owl. Ugly Owl. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's he's working. He goes around between stuff. Yeah. Uh, Frank Gordon in Gotham. But I want to talk. I don't want to talk about um, James Remar. That's too bad because I do. <laughs> uh, no, I want to talk about the character he's playing, Meyer Lansky. Yes. Because do you know that Meyer Lansky is a real person? Really? Yes. I mean, as and they did not change his name in this. They didn't. Meyer Lansky was really like the mobs. He's known as the mobs accountant. And he's known for saying the line, we're bigger than U.S. Steel, supposedly. Okay. And here's the thing. Yeah. Watching this, there's a part in this movie where Meyer Lansky, the character, tries to flee to Israel. Um, to escape U.S. prosecution. Sure. Because like, they, they accept all Jews. Yes. Um, and he gets denied. And I was like, that sounds really familiar, that guy in The Godfather. So I looked it up. Meyer Lansky is the inspiration for Hyman Roth in The Godfather Part Two. No shit. Um, so this character in this movie, who's a real person, is the inspiration for the guy in The Godfather who Michael has killed in the second movie. Uh, the Jewish accountant who like tries to get them into Cuba, which is essentially the same thing he's doing in this movie. So this movie, in spite of being low-budget cheap, is running parallel to the same like plot points that movies like The Godfather are operating in. Fascinating. Yeah, it's actually very it's very interesting. I just wish I cared anything about it in this movie. Uh, but the mob pulls up, and they're like, you're going to sell us boats for a discounted price. We're going to sm- use them to smuggle cocaine. He's like, okay. Yeah, and so they, they get some of his boats. This is when the DEA starts getting involved. Yeah, the DEA... Represented by one agent, played by Amory uh, Nolasco. Yeah. Who I only know because he was in the first Transformers movie as Fig. He's one of the soldiers in Josh Duhamel's squad who gets killed by the, the Scorpion Transformer. No shit. Yeah. He's the one who talks about his uh, his mom making al- cooking alligator. Aww. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Who remembers the two thousand? You remember the two thousand seven Transformers? I remember that. When there's all the, the soldiers, he's the one who's like, "My mama cooked alligator," and um, Tyrese is like, "That's that's awful." I'm this never is gonna... when the scorpion droid literally like pops out of the sand, does like a high tech karate yeah. tail stab, and then just goes back on yeah. the ground and flips him around. Do you whatnot. remember how great the first scene of tr- first Transformers was? Yes. Yeah. Talk about a good movie. Talk about a good movie. But not just like with the Shia LaBeouf, just like with the storyline of the soldiers getting yeah. attacked at the base, yeah. then getting attacked by the scorpion droid yeah. in the town. Dude. I will go to bat for the first Transformers Dude. movie. Dude. Dude. No one, no one's doing it like that movie. That movie is at least like, stylish. I, I could honestly give not give a shit about like the Bumblebee and the patrols. What was the evil patrol squad car? Uh, uh, barricade. It's, barricade. It's coming back to I, me. I literally do not give a shit about the uh, the who was the guy that said you know sometimes they the driver pick the car but the car picks the driver. Disrespect to fucking Bernie <laughs> Mac. Okay, <laughs> you don't get what the fuck is wrong with you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, we're going to talk about... No, 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 I'm not letting this about, aggression stand. We're going to talk about Transformers for 20 minutes. We're going to sit here and talk about Transformers for 20 minutes. Like, I could not give a shit about the Bernie Mac, Shia LaBeouf, Bumblebee Barricade storyline, Yeah. but the soldiers from the opening scene at the base, at the Air Force base, to the um, Arabian, like, little town, like, that was a good 
plot line yeah. in that first Transformers movie. You that know was, what else was a good plot line? What? The Shia LaBeouf, Bernie Mac plot line with his parents. I mean, it's, it's fine. A, I'm not it's saying like, it's bad. It's like, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not do you know why the first Transformers is good? Why? Because it's split between two plot lines for the first half. Yeah. And one of them is like a Steven, it's like an old Steven Spielberg movie. Bay's doing an homage to Spielberg. Where it's like a kid gets his car and it turns out to be a robot. He goes on this little adventure, yeah. and the other one is soldiers in Iraq betrayed by their government, attacked by a robot. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Dope. And it just keeps intercutting between like Shia LaBeouf being like, no, 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 my car's getting stolen, and then we cut to like people like literally having their skin melted off in the desert. <laughs> Giant robots are blowing up. U.S. bases. Tight man, <laughs> tight, tight. Uh, but yeah, good movie. And then when all the uh, the rest of the Transformers show up and they all give in like yeah. distinct personalities and like, yeah. And then the, well, yeah, the, well, the, the, the distinct personalities like Ratchet, the medic. Yes. Um, Ironhide, the weapons expert. Yes. Jazz, the black one. <laughs> <sighs> uh, and guess what? Jazz dies. Yeah, he's the one who dies. He's the only one who dies at the end. Yes. It's ripped in half by Megatron. You want a piece of meat? No, I want two. Yeah, voiced by Hugo Weaving. Megatron. Uh, Hugo Weaving? Did yeah, Megatron? Hugo, Hugo Weaving voiced Megatron in the first three Transformers. Wow, movie. talk about a Benedict Cumberbatch smog voice transition. Yeah, there's a very interesting, there's a very fun video of Hugo Weaving online d- talking in Cybertronian. He's like, what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You remember when how Optimus Prime and all the other Autobots were like, no one could defeat Megatron. And they held true to that in the first movie. Yeah. But in the second, third, fourth, and fifth movie, Megatron was just like a little yeah, bitch. Yeah, people beat Megatron every movie. Yeah. Transformer sequels are good. Fight me. All right. Back to Speed <laughs> no. Kills. Wait. Um, Revenge of the Fallen? One of the more interesting movies. The made. pyramids are spaceships? Do you know why that movie's interesting? No. Because it was made during the writer's strike. Oh, right. And the writers had two weeks, roughly, to write the script of that movie. Mm. And they didn't really finish. They did the best they could. They didn't get a chance to really finish. Yeah. So do you know who had to write the script for that movie? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Yeah. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen is basically just a Michael Bay fever dream. Yeah. And if you watch it, you can really feel all of his interests and obsessions are in that movie. Yeah, like, like showing Megan Fox's ass. Y- yes, but like... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No, but like... Yeah, for sure. Watch, ha- watch that movie and watch how every scene changes genre. Like, it's not like the first movie and the latter movies have like a consistent That's genre That's the one where it also them. transforms a hot college girl into a uh, Decepticon, yes. right? There, it turn- starts out as like a stoner college comedy. Yeah, right. Where right. he's... Shia loves the college... And then it turns into a conspiracy thriller where the government is hunting Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yeah. They go to e- they teleport to Egypt, and right. it becomes an Indiana Jones style, like tomb adventure. There's a space bit in it. I swear to yeah, God, they're like there? ex- they're exploring tombs in Egypt, yeah. trying to find ancient transformer knowledge. Then it turns into a war movie, when there's a massive battle at a like Egyptian tomb. Right. And at the end, Shia LaBeouf dies. He gets blowed up by Megatron. And he wakes up in robot heaven. Where, like, these, like, angelic Transformers walk to him and they're like, You have passed the test. You have proven your courage. And you are worthy of owning the Matrix of Leadership. Now go back. And he wakes back up perfectly fine in the real world. And he, like, bring and he revives Optimus Prime. 
and the pyramids absorbs, and the pyramids are absorbing the sun. But he also absorbs the Black Hawk old uh, old fuck yeah. transformer. Yes, turns into OG Optimus. Yes, he gets a he gets a jetpack, and then he's able to stomp the crap out of Megatron easily, yeah. which he stomped the and crap rips, out of him and easily. And he rips the earlier. head out of the fallen. Yes, he does. And then the movie ends with Mega with Optimus Prime shedding his deceased brother in skin. <laughs> Because he's all this, the Transformers sacrifice themselves, like, take my pots. And then once he, he uses them, he like, who just, voices that Blackhawk? Mark Ryan, I think. Jetfire. Um, quote, text me, Mike, Mark Ryan, or check me. Um, I really liked those movies a while ago. Um, I still kind of enjoy them. Rise but, of the Beast? Yeah, that's the next Transformers movie, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Anyway, Revenge of the Fallen is fascinating because it's just a glimpse into what Michael Bray's brain operates like. And it's just he's like, all right, now we're in a now we're in an Indiana Jones movie. Ryan right, Wilson. Now we're in a war movie. movie. He does. He plays the college professor who like it hits is, on his students. Yeah. Talk about inside the mind of. Uh, Do you know who's in Transformers Three? Dark of the Moon. I I, I I'm a. How many Academy Award winners are in Transformers Dark? Isn't Kelsey Grammer in Transformers? He's 3? in Transformers Four. Who isn't? Oh 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 oh! McDreamy. Um 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 um. Patrick um, Dempsey. Um, Patrick Dempsey is in yes. uh, Transformers Three. But how many Academy Award winners are in Transformers? But hold Dark on, of before I answer that question, isn't that also the one where like they try to pass off the Milwaukee Art Museum as being in Washington D.C.? Yes. That is the one where they do that. Which actually, in fact, they're taking a helicopter from and D.C. Take... to the sh- Chicago. But in realistic terms, like taking from the helicopter from Milwaukee to Chicago yes. is more realistic. So in the movie, he drives to the Milwaukee Art Museum, which is now in D.C. But then later in the movie, they take a helicopter from the Milwaukee Art Museum to Chicago, which doesn't make sense if it's still in D.C. Right. Anyway, that's Transformers 3. But, Stuart, I want you to try and guess. You are right, by the way. It's it's Je- it's Mark Ryan, Jetfire. Yes, I am correct. Because I, I, I am always correct. You are God. Um, try and guess a few Academy Award winners who are in Transformers. Well, I have, no, I have the IMDb in front of me. Okay, yeah. Um, you got Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand is in Transformers: Dark of the Moon, and John Malkovich is in and it. And John Malkovich. Um, those are the two Academy Award winners. But think about some other people who are in this movie. Do you want me to list them all for you? Some names. Sure. John Turturro. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Malkovich. Yeah. Francis McDormand. Yeah. Um, Lester Spite, who played Terry, who played Terry Tate office linebacker in those uh, commercials back in the day. I just found a guy who's in it. Alan Tudyk is in this. Ken Jong is in it. Buzz Aldrin is in it, as we talked about in our Boy in the Plastic Bubble episode Buzz many Aldrin's years ago. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly is in it. Did you say many years ago when we talked about yeah. the plastic don't ever say many years ago when we refer to this podcast ever again. It was last year, you and freak. It was Bill O'Reilly. But you know who else is in Transformers Dark of the Moon? Who? Elia Baskin. Do you know who Elia Baskin is? Uh, rent! Oh, yeah, the rent give guy. Me rent. <laughs> you get give me... your rent when you fix this damn, damn door! <laughs> but yeah, he is in the movie. He plays a Russian cosmonaut. Yes! Who the. Who, um, yes! Um, John Taturo takes them to go see to yes! discover that. The Russians went to the moon and stole a Sentinel Prime yes. and brought it to Earth or something like that. Not a Sentinel Prime, a seed. That yeah. was the really problematic No, plot that's point. Transformers 4 is it's a seed. No, because... Transformers 3 is the space bridge. Oh. Transformers 4 <laughs> is the seed. That's right. 4 is the seed. And uh, Megatruck just go, bring me my seed. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, Transformers 4 is the one where there's the seed, and Kelsey Grammer is playing. That's the one where the beat pill turns into like yeah. the. Uh... No, Stanley Tucci's in that one. <laughs> oh, you're right. And there's a part where like they make they, they take Transformium is what they call oh it. Oh my god! And he's like, see, you can use Transformium to do anything. And he's like, you like music? And he throws the transform the pill, and it turns into a beat pill, and the camera lingers on it because they got. Pr That's also the one where Mark Wahlberg crashes a ship in Chicago. And so the guy's like, I hope you have insurance. And Mark Wahlberg picks a Bud Light off the ground, shoves it at the camera, pops the talk out, and takes a sip. And he's like, wait, you want spaceship insurance? You think I got spaceship insurance? Because he's playing a Texan uh, from Boston. But that's also my favorite one where, you know, he's like, do you have a warrant? And he looks at him and says, my face is the warrant. Yeah, my <laughs> face is my warrant. And then later on, Optimus Prime crashes out of the barn and screams, here I am. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet law clause. Yes, and he has a... Um, Why I could fuck your underage daughter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has a laminated... Jack Raynor. <laughs> Who is the guy that dies? In like the first TJ one? Miller. <laughs> TJ Miller gets caught in a massive explosion and gets turned into a metal. Uh, I mean, TJ Miller, now known to be a sex pest. Yes. But at the time, everyone's like, oh, TJ Miller. The next, like, Amy Schumer. Basically. Yeah, everyone's like, hey, TJ Miller, bring some personality to this movie, and he is punished for it. <laughs> he is punished to bring character to this movie. <laughs> It's also the one that was like co-sponsored by the Chinese government. Right. So at the, so at the end, right, like they're right, fighting, right, right. the robots are all fighting in Hong Kong and it cuts to like a Chinese war room and a Chinese official walks up to another Chinese official and is like, the central government is coming to help. Praise them. And then it cuts back to the robots fighting. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what's funny about that? Stanley Tucci's in that one. Yes. Stanley Tucci's also in Transformers 5. Yes. But playing a different character. What? Because in Transformers 4, he's playing like a, a CEO of some company. Yeah. In Transformers 5, The Last Night, um, Stanley Tucci starts the beginning of the movie. He's one of the first characters. He plays Merlin the Wizard. Oh, is he just voicing it? No, he's he is physically playing Merlin the Wizard. Because Transformers 5 starts with a flashback to, to ancient knights. Uh, where King Arthur is fighting the Saxons. And... Merlin goes to a crashed Autobot ship and has a bunch of night Transformers turn into a dragon and come and destroy the Saxons. And it's established that all our myths about, like, magic are, in fact, based around Transformers being on our planet. <laughs> now, Stuart, when I say that movie is called The Last Night, who do you think that's referring to? Optimus Prime. Do you know who it is, in fact, referring to? Mark Walton. <laughs> <laughs> because at the end of that, like th two, two, two thirds of the way, this is a much more interesting than speed kills everybody. Yes. Um, about two thirds of the way through um, the last night, they, uh, they discover Merlin's tomb and Mark Wahlberg gets like this little thing attached to his arm and they don't know what it is. And then like Optimus Prime turns bad in this movie and he's fighting Bumblebee. Yeah. And Mark Wahlberg like jumps in front. He's like, no, you can't fight him. You can't fight. He can't kill Bumblebee. <laughs> and he's like, he swings his arm to stop Optimus Prime. And the thing that has attached himself to him folds out. And it turns into Excalibur. Oh. The sword of King Arthur. Wow. Which uses to stop the blade. Because it's revealed that Mark Wahlberg... Is, is the, the last, last knight. knight. He is the last in the descendant of the, the Arthurian Arth knights. 
Um, and he stops the Transformers and all these big robots mm-hmm. bow to him. And then the Navy SEALs show up and they go and they raid a, a, a Cybertron or something. Anthony Hopkins is in that movie. That's he weird. tries to take Megatron on 101 with like his cane that turns into a shotgun. He gets blowed up. And the greatest character in the history of filmmaking, uh, Cogman, comes over um, and says, In all the masters I served, you were the coolest. Cogman's a great character. He's, a, he's like a robot butler, voiced by one of the guys from Downton Abbey. Interesting. Right. Do you like how we segued through every Transformers movie there? I did. We went through all five. We went through all five. <laughs> we did not talk about Bumblebee. <laughs> no, but we it's, didn't. it's not a mainline movie, so it doesn't count. Yeah, and I haven't seen it either. Bumblebee's actually pretty good. I've heard it's pretty good. Bumblebee is surprisingly pretty good. I should probably watch it actually. Yeah, it. I it is surprisingly rather charming. I heard it's got super eight vibes. Yeah, it has like classic Spielberg, yeah. like Amblin film vibes. Yeah, it's pretty charming. It's amazing that we talk about classic Amblin vibes. Amblin's still around. Yeah. But Amblin's, Amblin ain't making like... No, they're not. They're making Ready Player One bullshit. Yeah. I mean, they, they stopped like making... Spielberg's using Amblin again instead of DreamWorks. So yeah. their movies are getting better, but they kind of like, you know, disappeared. Yeah. Anyway. No. Anyway. No. I don't want to. We gotta. To. We gotta. I was having such a good time. All right. So okay. So he races boats. Yeah, he's he races dealing boats. Cr- he's, he's like letting his boats be, um, you know, mules for these uh, yeah. drug smuggling. He Meanwhile, gets remarried. De- he gets remarried to uh, a, Emily, who is on a date with like the king of Persia or some bullshit. Something like that. <laughs> Who's played by Catherine Winnick, um, who doesn't exist. There's one scene where George Bush shows up. No, that was such a low lead into that. That's the best scene of this movie. <laughs> because, like, he says, I'm, I'm talking to a pretty big client today. And a bunch of, like, cars with U.S. flags pull up. And out of this car gets fucking Matthew Modine as George H.W. Bush. For people who don't know. When who, I tell you, I am hooting and howling. For people who don't know who Matthew Modine is, season one of Stranger Things, Papa. He's the bad guy. Yeah. He's Eleven's no. dad. He's in one scene of this movie. I am laughing so hard because it says Matthew Modine comes out as George W. Bush. I like I like that boat. You George got over there. Bush. George H W. H W. Not W. Like, I like that boat over there. Because he's the vice president. He's the vice president at the time to Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> it's so fucking funny. I I warned you that this was going to happen. I said there's an like, appearance that you're not expecting. And you text me all caps. Matthew Modine is George Bush. I was hooting and hollering too. It's so funny. I was like, what the fuck is this yeah. doing in the movie? But we got to talk about the racing scene in the middle of this movie. The storm. The storm. Oh, God, the storm. So, I mean, what's there to say about it? They're going to so, race in this, like, Yeah, channel. there's going to be a storm. There's going to be a storm. A lot of people drop out, but not... Not Ben, ben Aronoff. Because he's not off. Yes, he's, he's on. on. And so Ben Aronoff takes part in this race. And we get maybe the funniest sequence of a movie I've ever seen. It's just really bad CGI. It like it's him and his partner in their boat, and there's like these low res PS2 looking ass waves going up and down, <laughs> like and a- he's like, and it's like clearly just a green screen shot of him and his partner holding a boat because they're not moving. No, no, they're not. They're moving. like static, and the boat's just like, oh like moving with that bike, please. Moving up and down. <laughs> well, like, have you seen the Perfect Storm? No. With George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, John C. Riley, Diane Lane, William, I have not. Fitt- really, it's a it's a decent movie, but it's about like fishermen getting stuck inside a massive storm. Yes, and it's like, 
okay effects. It's not the best. It's better than this movie. But guess what year The Perfect Storm came out? Fucking 2000. Yes. <laughs> then what is this bullshit? There's like a CGI helicopter that's like moving like a jet plane, like through the clouds. This guy's in the cockpit like, we can't lose. <laughs> ben and his partner are like static shot of them holding onto a boat. They're like, they're like, flying up and down. I don't think we're going to make it. We cut we're to like shots of the waves. There's, it's like, like I said, it looks like a PS2 video. If the train reaches Wait Tower, the whole city's going to blow. It looks like fucking Shadow of the Colossus <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Stuart's dying uh, yeah. over there about speed kills. Um, and it cuts to the next day. Yes, it cuts to the next day. The boat's missing. The, they're the only people who haven't been discovered. Everyone's like, Ben's dead. And then eventually. Who does uh, Emily see out in the distance? Ben Aronoff <laughs> returning. And there's like applause and everyone's happy. Yeah. And that's the movie. Yeah, that's, no, uh, that, that's how the movie ends. The next that 20 is, to 30 <laughs> minutes are just like mob business. Yes. There's a lot of mob business. Yeah. It's like guys It's like guys sitting in easy chairs in a room just being like, you're going to help us with this. You're going to get indicted. Band. We're yeah. going to make sure he doesn't talk. And Basically, what I just said, you're going to get indicted. Every we'll make sure dialogue. That's every piece of dialogue from that point to the end of the movie. Yeah. Ben, every time, is just like, I'm not going to help you. And the mob's like, yes, you are. And he's like, no, I'm not. And that's 30 minutes. All the while, like, mobsters keep trying to put the hit out on him. Oh, remember when we were talking about Transformers? Yeah, remember when we did that? They keep putting the hit out on him. Yeah. And they keep failing. It's not um, a very good hit, apparently. Yeah. Apparently the mobsters in uh, uh, in Miami, Florida suck. But he sends his wife away at the end. And then he... Um, we go back to the beginning of the movie with him and Tom Sizemore. And he gets shot. And, and he, like, here's the thing about this, though, Jeff. You think that it, because we're starting the movie off with the same scene, you think it's going to change at the end. But, like, we don't see him get shot. Meaning, in normal context, you know, con- normal stereotypical ways the movie would begin. Yeah. Is it sets you up with that cliffhanger. But then when we get to that scene, it pays off with him not dying. Like, it, it turns out yeah. he shot something else or he's wounded or whatever. No, no, he just dies. He just dies. No, but first they play the entire opening scene again. The entire opening. And we scene. see the whole business besides more and him. We got to fill in that runtime, baby. Yeah, because this movie is an hour and forty-five minutes and not short enough. Um, <laughs> but he gets shot and he falls out of his car and bleeding. Dies. And we get the craziest flashback. <laughs> the flashback scene. We get a CGI render of an eyeball. This and we zoom into the eye and we see like a galaxy appear. Yes, we do see it's a like galaxy. a whole galaxy up here. It's like a CGI rendering of like the Milky Way. Yes, and like we just start zooming in on it. We get all these like intercut, like opaque Moments images of of, from the movie of him being happy. Yeah, and like House of the Rising. No, it doesn't actually. <laughs> um, it's not. Well, God. I was thinking it's like uh, Armageddon when like Bruce Willis flips the switch yeah. and it goes a quick zoom into his eye and it's all like the. It's the same bit. His, it's the same bit, but it's insane looking because they had a fucking galaxy. Yeah. And the whole time he's laying there, like, <gasps> dying. Yeah. And then uh, he dies. And then there's, like, a weird trippy, like, there's a weird, like, funeral procession montage about yeah. how amazing of a person Ben Aronoff yeah. was. Meanwhile, this dude fucking, like, worked with the mob and yeah. to, like, to mule dr- uh, drugs, cheated on his wife, uh, was a terrible father. Uh, careless about his business, treated his yeah. friends like shit. This guy Abandoned was not a good family. He, he, this guy was not a good person. Yeah, he's not a good person. But this movie at the end wants you to make you think it's like we loved him, didn't yeah. we? We Better loved enough, him. What a guy! What a guy! 
right? Yeah, that's the movie. That's the movie. That's Speed Kills. Uh, yeah. As I mean, is there any post post text for this movie? Uh, no, it comes out in direct video. It gets a zero percent around to me as no one sees it. Um, it it costed fifteen million dollars, but Jeff and I are convinced that's a laundering scheme. Yeah, we're pretty sure this movie was a money laundering scheme. Um, yeah, that that that's 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 speed kills. That's all it does for him. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got coming up after this? Ooh, movie wise. Yeah, it's three straight bangers after this. Three straight bangers. We have that. That's right, folks. We only have three movies left. Can you believe that? We are almost done. We're three movies away. Wow. I can't. After this, it's Trading Paint with Morgan Freeman. No, Trading Paint is the one with Shania Twain. Oh, sorry. Then it's The Poison Rose with Morgan Freeman. Okay. And then we end with The Fanatic. I'm looking forward to The Fanatic. Where he plays Moose. (laughs) 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 Fucking Moose. Yeah. You know what The Fanatic gives me vibes of? What? Tusk. Because <laughs> Travolta just seems like he's he's like akin to now playing those crazy ass old people who yeah. like you don't really pay attention to, but it's your mistake that you don't because eventually halfway through the movie they chop all your limbs off yeah. and turn you into a walrus. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what John Travolta feels like in the Fanatic. Feels like Tusk. Yeah, what a movie, Tusk. Tusk. Why did they kill him at the end? <laughs> they kept him alive as a fucking walrus. So <laughs> <a> fucking walrus. <laughs> Johnny Depp's in that movie Very rarely is there a movie that delivers on the premise Tusk <laughs> <laughs> calls you We're turning this guy into wars <laughs> Let me tell you they, they do They fucking do it though yeah. And they, boy does it deliver Yes what, Are we done talking about no, speed kills? Hold, hold on a second. There's, I want to look up a line in that movie. If it's from Tusk? From Tusk. It's one of my favorite lines in all of cinema. I want to see if it's in there, if it's in the quote section, because otherwise I'm not going to say it correctly, and it's one thing that I have to get right. Um, uh, the walrus is, more, is far more evolved than any man I've ever known, present company included. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm still trying to look for it. Oh my word! Uh, okay. Yeah, Guy Lapointe. Guy Lapointe. That's, that's what you're looking that's, for. No, no, no. That that's that's just a Johnny Depp character. Um, Johnny Depp character. Um. <sighs> what are what are we doing? Uh. Oh, wait. They say, I'm going to turn you into a walrus. And he says, no, I won't. Yeah. I, I guess I'm not going to find it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I guess I'm not going to find it. That's sad. That's really sad. It was. It's a killer line. I don't know. It Basically, he's just like, it's the moment when he like is in the walrus costume with, yeah. um, with, uh, 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 uh. Guy who gets her what the fuck actor? Come on, uh, 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 the guy who gets turned into a walrus. His name is a- the Justin act- Long. Justin Long. Fuck. Oh my me. god. Fuck me. But it's like a scene when Justin Long's already a walrus, and the old the Howard Hay or whatever that's a character name. He's yeah. in the walrus costume, 
and like they're having like a walrus fight where they yes. try to like kill each other as walruses. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a movie. All right. Thank you folks for listening next week. Make sure to tune in to listen to trading paint. If you dare. I want to smell paint. <laughs> yeah. Thank you uh, for listening. As always, please remember to rate, subscribe whenever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Pop to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at TravoltingPod. Uh, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Email, find me at Jeff W. Sweeney. Find Stuart. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Stuart Elmore. 95. Yeah, and a really special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum Smith for our theme music that's now taking you out. See you next week for Trading Paint.